0: Maggie Mitchell. So good. Thank you, my friend. It was so weird to have missed our first Sunday, two services last week, but I thank the Reverend Amy Daniels for doing such a magnificent, magnificent job. You know, the reading mentions um, Jesus. And so, you know, every once in a while, I just like to take the opportunity to say, who is Jesus to us? Because we're coming from a lot of um, different religions. Bodhi is a collective of of many, many paths, people wanting to wake up to their individual path, coming from um, a lot of dogma and a lot of um, religions with different ideas about this word, this being, this master. And so to us here at Bodhi, Jesus is basically a cool dude, is the way I say it. But breaking that down a little bit. Um, Jesus is a master teacher. Jesus is a way shower, uh, an enlightened being who came here to show us how to awaken to the divinity that he is and that we all are. You see, he didn't come here to say, I'm the exception. He came here as the example of all that's possible for each one of us. Now, as what happens in the human experience over and over and over for centuries upon centuries, time and time again, is that the person who comes in their full glory and says, hey, this is magnificent, I'm magnificent, and so are you, so many of us, we can't grasp our holiness, and so we idolize them, we deify them, we make them the exception. That's what occurred in our culture. This enlightened being who came here and said, I'm one with you. We're all magnificent. We all are unconditional love. We all are eternal life. We all are. He said this over and over and over, but the people couldn't hear. The people couldn't see. So we are here thousands of years later taking in the same message, allowing this message to no longer be for a certain individual, a certain chosen one, but for us, for each of us ourselves. So that's what we think about him what I think about him. You can think whatever you wish. (laughs) Our theme for January is this thing called you. It's actually a book by Ernest Holmes. It's a magnificent book. It's a small little book and we have it in the bookstore. I hope that you'll consider picking that up today and reading that over the next couple weeks because it really will transform your consciousness. Ernest Holmes is the founder of what is called the science of mind teaching. And uh, he really was a, he was here in the Uh, early 1900s, and he was able to take the best of the teachings and, and swirl them together into a brand new idea, and his books are magnificent. One of the quotes that's in the reading and in the book is from Matthew, if you cling to your life, you will lose it, but if you give up your life for me, you will find it. If you cling to your life, you will lose it, but if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Anytime that we cling to anything, we strangle it. We take the life out of it. And we cling because fear comes in. Fear comes in and has its way with us, and we hold on. We grip. We we don't want anything to change. We're clinging to life. And to the extent that we do, we're trying to make that which is always changing, changeless. Now, In back of the changing is the changeless. In back of all of this changing movie, this drama of life that is forever and always changing. People coming, people going, um, explosions happening, rebirth occurring. Life is always changing. Every single moment, that is what occurs. In back of it is this spirit, this life, this changeless presence. That is who we are. We are the changeless, perfect presence of God. Now, we forgot that. We didn't know that. So we identify ourselves not as the changeless, but as the changing. And when we identify ourselves as that which is changing, it becomes very, very scary because the changing diminishes, dissolves, and disappears. Now, You don't want to diminish, dissolve, and disappear. That makes sense. That would be very scary. So thinking of yourself as that, fearing that you're going to diminish, dissolve, and disappear, what do you do? You fight. You cling. And the very saying says, those who cling to your life, you will lose it. The moment we begin clinging, the moment we begin wanting things not to change, we are now not in relationship to life. We are trying to hold still that which cannot hold still. We are no longer living. We are wanting to manage and control. We are operating out of fear. So when we try to cling to life, we lose it. It is in our letting go. It is in our willingness to give up our life that it is renewed. Now, this is interesting. It says, you give up your life for me, you will find it. Now this is the for me part is where many of us freak out because that's that old conditioning where we have to give ourselves up to the Savior and then when we do that, then we'll be saved and everyone else is left out and then we start freaking out on all other levels. But let's have a new idea for this. For me, for me in this, which actually I don't think is a proper interpretation, by the way, I would, prep, I would actually say it's something like, but if you give up your life for the higher self, for the greater good, for the eternal life, for the eternal me. When you give the smaller self up, as the reading said, for the greater fullness, then you have eternal life. Then You are operating at a whole other level of experience. And then sitting in the fullness of yourself, knowing yourself as the changeless, knowing yourself as the higher, inclusive, expanded, generous vibration of God, the birthless and the deathless presence, do you get how suddenly that's a whole new game? Suddenly, the ability to surrender becomes easy and, dare I say, even fun. To just keep letting go and letting God. That is what we're called to do. On your spiritual path, when you say yes to your spiritual path, your, your um, call to surrender actually speeds up. You're saying, don't slow this down, speed this up. Help me to really begin awakening and understanding the changing in relationship to the change list and help me to begin over and over and over identifying, identifying myself with that which is eternal and true. When we identify with the changing, it's very scary. It causes fear. It causes us to constrict. Over and over, we surrender that and we step back into the light of who and what we are. The problem with surrender is that I don't think that we yet have a strong enough idea of what it is we're surrendering to. I can sit here and go, this light, this life, this eternal presence, this is what Jesus Buddha talked about, it's good, it's good, yay, and we all go, yes, Yes, but if we're only saying yes with this much of us, if it hasn't yet embodied itself inside of our own experience, it still lives as other. It still lives as something that other people can do, but I'm going to sit on this side of it. Sitting on this side of it, surrender equals suffering. Surrender means each time you're called to let go, to let life move, to let life change, you're going to suffer because on this side of it, you're going to hold on, you're going to cling, you're going to have your claws in that which must move. And you're going to try to muscle and hold still that which is changing. That is suffering. Each time we're called to do that and you experience suffering, what happens to the mind? The mind goes, oh, surrendering is scary and bad. So it starts looping upon itself. Surrender means suffering. Surrender means pain. Surrender means, oh my God, this is bad. And the living in the, in, the, in the awareness of the I am, living in the fullness of the presence of God, surrender still includes letting go. Surrender still can include some grief, some sadness, feelings, whatever happens in the body. The body is going to do what it's going to do. To let go, the emotional self is going to do what it does to release. But it doesn't equal suffering. That's the amazing difference that only you can discover as you continue to deepen in your spiritual practice. As you continue to know the God of your being more and more and more. When the letting go time comes and suddenly you're guided from on high to breathe, to keep breathing, to let The letting go, to let the change come through you. It's a powerful, energetic experience. And it includes lots of feelings, lots of feelings. But it doesn't equal suffering. And that's a big difference. It's a a subtle difference, but it's everything. Because it looks the same. One person is wailing in the fear of letting go. One person is wailing in the joy of letting go. One person is wailing in the holding on and the sadness thinking it's all over. Another person is wailing in the, in the rebirthing and the allowing life to move through them and see what's next. It looks very often the same. But the difference exists within the individual. It is our opportunity to deepen in our practice of surrender. But the way to do that and the, and, and the thing that will allow you to do that is beginning to understand what it is you're surrendering to. This week, what came to me in my letting go, because many of you know I'm in a big letting go this week, is Psalm 23. Is that what it is, 23? Yes. (laughs) Psalm, let me find that, baby. Psalm 23. I want to look at that for a moment. And let's, I want you to take a moment before we, we look at this amazing, amazing passage Just take a moment, and where in your life are you being called to surrender? What is changing in your world that you don't want to? You don't want it to. Perhaps it's a financial issue or a health issue. Very often relationships bring us to our knees when it's time for them to change and let go. Take a moment and just think, this in my life is calling me to surrender, to let go, And just allow something else to be born. Just be in relationship with that as we look at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The very first sentence immediately brings us profound peace. The Lord is the creative process within us. It is the law of the universe and it always says yes and it is always for you. The Lord is your shepherd. The laws of of this universe, the creative process, which is always rebirthing itself into more and more life, good to greater good. It is your shepherd. It is your way shower. And it leaves you wanting nothing. Inside of the laws of the universe, all that you need is always present. There is never not enough in God. There is never not enough in the invisible, creative life that is always happening. The infinite, pure field of quantum physics contains all of everything inside of nothing. I don't even know what the hell that means, but it's good. Inside of the nothingness of all that is must be everything that is possible. So this saying the law, the creative process of life is always guiding me and inside of it, I'm never lacking. All that I need when I depend upon this in the present moment, that which I need in the moment will appear. It may appear to be way less than what I had a moment ago, but whatever is present here is enough. It is enough for me to breathe, to be And to be in relationship with life. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet water. He refreshes my soul. This amazing spirit of life makes me lie down in green pastures. Takes care of my body. Lie down in green pastures. Rest. Rejuvenate the physical body that is yours, that you are using to move through this experience of life. It makes you, it works with you to rest. It restores this whole temple that it may be available to move through and surrender whatever it is you're surrendering. whatever's going on in your world right now, your body is able to move you through it. It has the intelligence within it, And it it is able to care for itself, to change itself. And if you stay in relationship with the God of your being, it will rest itself and prepare itself. It leads me beside quiet waters. It stills the mind. It renews the mind. Still waters represents the conscious and the subconscious mind. The totality of thought that you are. What is the practice that we use to still this? Meditation. When we meditate, We are led to be within the still waters. The still waters calms the mind. When the mind is calm, the old stories of fear, the old equations that keep repeating themselves dissolve, diminish, or at least become quiet enough for new ideas. New ideas rise up within us. When we allow ourselves to become still in mind, restful in body. These are the two ways that we experience life and we experience surrender. He refreshes my soul. The soul represents your I am presence. It is the bridge where your mind and your body meet. Where the spirit of your being and the physical understanding of yourself reside. The soul contains the holistic experience of who you are. Through rest, through caring for your body, through meditating and surrendering the thoughts of your mind, your whole soul becomes renewed and cared for. Whatever you're moving through, whatever it is that you're being guided to surrender and let go of, your soul, when you turn, To the God of your being, when you trust this universe, your soul is cared for and it is guided. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Whatever you're walking through however dark it may be, however light it may appear in this moment, whatever is occurring, you are not alone. It is absolutely not possible for you ever to be separate from the God of your being. It is never possible, no matter what is occurring in life, no matter how much surrendering you are being called to do, if it brings you to your knees in those darkest of darkest hours, that is the time where your soul cries out, I am not alone. You know, I'm thinking of the, um, the line from Steel Magnolia where, where, where they say, um, that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Is that right? That which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I would add on to it and I would say, that which kills you takes away the problem anyway. So either way, you're fine. <laughs> if you become stronger or you're killed and the problem's gone. But either way, either way, you are always growing and glowing from good to greater good, and you are always guided. Oh, if you could, in the center of whatever your surrender is this day, if you could say in the center of that surrender, I am not alone. The highest power of love is with me. Thy rod and thy staff. Thy rod actually metaphysically represents the I am consciousness. The I am. Using your I am. I am not alone. I am one with the changeless power of love and light. I am one with the infinite goodness, these affirmations. We do not speak them to make them true. We speak them because they are true. And we need to activate them in our time of surrender and letting go. We activate these truth statements. I am not alone right here. That very truth statement. (sighs) It allows you to breathe. You get to take a deeper breath, take a deeper breath. Say with me, I am, not alone. "I am not alone. Take a deeper breath. I am not alone. You're never alone. You are always guided. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Now, you actually have no enemies? You have no enemies. There's no such thing that exists in God. There is no such thing. It's not possible for perfect love, unconditional love, inclusion, wholeness to have anything other than itself that it knows and loves. Now, that's your spiritual nature. In your human form, your enemy simply appears as this thing called fear. As fear. Now, fear takes on... Different faces, different names, different places, different ideas. It disguises itself outside in the world of form. But all that fear is, is an illusion. It doesn't exist in God. So, you are um, in the presence of fear. You are anointed with oil, which represents love. So, very simple equation. Where you are feeling fear the presence of God within you awakens the love energy that you are and love goes into the vibration of fear and dissolves it. It brings it into itself. It's the, the message of resist not. Resist not your enemy simply means stop pushing away the fear. Stop projecting out onto other people your problems and your insecurities. Stop making other People, places, and things wrong. Judging them and, and pushing them like this. Bring them into your heart and allow love to renew you, restore you, and bring you into wholeness. Love does this. You don't need to figure it out. You don't need to figure out how to do it. That's the, that's the, um, the, the trip of the ego. The ego wants to figure out how to do all of this. Love Knows, Love knows how. In the presence of fear, you are anointed with love and the love overflows. And surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It should pop up, but it's... There we go. <laughs> Surely, surely, with all of that in place, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That dwelling in the house of the Lord forever is our invitation today. To dwell in the house of love. To dwell in the place where change and surrender is a natural, joyous process. You see, that's the game of life. You're here. The game of life is let go. The game of life is surrender. That's the game. So let's learn how to play it really well. Really well. This one passage, Psalm 23, tells you exactly how to play the game of life. It tells you exactly who is your power, how your power works, that you're never ever alone, that you're always cared for. Turn to it. The surrendering process, the letting go, knows how to do what it's supposed to do. And life of its nature must and always does rebirth itself. It always does. Many of us in this room have lost almost everything. Almost everything. A house, a home, lovers, money. Sitting there on a corner going, okay, what's next? Well, you probably weren't going, okay, what's next? You probably were a puddle of something against the curve. But with this psalm in your back pocket, with the knowing of God who you are, you can stand there and go, what's next? And again, it doesn't negate the human experience. It allows the human experience to become a bridge that moves you into what's next. We're always guided to surrender. It's all we're doing. But I promise you, I promise you, it is from good to greater good. There is one life. That life is God. And that life is my life now. Yes? And so it is. Let's move into prayer. Again, bring to mind, bring to heart that which you are in the process of surrendering. Where is God calling you to let